for renew with endless options for renew with endless options for renew. <laughs> so first of all, turds in the wind. All we are turds in the wind. All right, that was bad. All right, welcome to Ways of Cinema. I'm Jack, and with me today is guest star Matt Catania. Ahoy, hoy. Yes, um, you're here. And the song that I was singing was not in the movie, but it might as well have been. I wanted to, I wanted to start off talking about just this one line and this one scene uh, that everybody who has seen the trailer for Venom knows about, which is Venom in, a con in a, some type of uh, convenience store... Um, and he has this uh, guy in his clutches and is threatening him that he's going to eat his arms and his legs and he will be this armless, legless thing. And what's the line, Matt? Like a turd in the wind. Wow, you actually had a better voice for him than the actual movie. <laughs> <laughs> you give him a kind of a, like a Western twang there. Pay me, Sony. Yes. Um, yeah, so, like... What were they thinking with that line? Well, I mean, it's ingrained itself into your mind, so... It kind of has, but it's like... It's the worst line that I've come across in a major movie since Save Martha. <laughs> <laughs> and at least that movie didn't have the line in the trailer. <laughs> like, this is how you sell a movie? Like a turd. In the wind. And when you look at Venom, he has, like, this kind of smile, like, I'm so happy with myself that I said this line. I'm really clever. I mean, it's probably the first time any sentient being has ever said those words. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't even make sense. It's like... But he got there first. <laughs> like, it would make sense, like, you know, like, dust in the wind, uh... A feather in the wind. A tumbleweed in the wind. Yeah! How does a turd, like... You have to have a pretty windy day to have a turd just kind of rolling along by on the street. It's not something that happens on Earth. No! No! I mean, I guess the reference is that, like... Because I'm biting off your arms and your legs, then the, the implication is that, like... You'll be this ugly thing if you cross me. But you couldn't have tried to come up with a better line, movie. Look, it's a common idiom on his planet. Oh, God. Please don't tell me that this is, like, a line from the comics that, like, I should respect because it's from the comic book. Probably not. <laughs> but, no, it's just... You know, it, the, the studios sell these movies, and, you know, Sony is really behind Venom. They're, they're the ones that, like, Marvel has a name on the movie, but it's in association with Marvel. What this really is, by the way, did you see in the credits who was producer on this? Yeah. Avi Arad. Mm -hmm. I thought he was gone for, like, the longest time, but he's back, man. Yep. It's like, it's a weird fall, because, oddly enough, this weekend... We have Venom coming out, and the movie up against it is A Star is Born, which is produced by John Peters. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now, to be fair, John Peters produced the original, well, I say original, I mean the one from 1978 with, with Barbara Streisand. Uh, but I know I'm getting off on track here, 
the point I'm making is that line is just like I was and you know here's the funny thing this isn't exactly a spoiler I don't think I was a little worried that line wasn't going to be in the movie <laughs> Were you worried? Did you think that if they like maybe they'd cut it I out? I suspected they might have cut it out, but I guess they'd left it in just for you, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I actually like. I won't say exactly when that comes into the movie yet, but when it finally happened, I I kind of clapped a little bit to myself <laughs> and nobody else. I was like the one who was just oh, oh, this is still here. Oh, great. All right. Here's a question, Matt. Now, going into this, um, you, you kind of made a joke on Twitter. And by the way, you can follow Matt on Twitter at uh, MattDTanya. Um, you kind of made the joke that, you know, I have my review written, time to go see Venom. <laughs> 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 was, there, was there any chance that this could be good? Of course there's a chance it could be good, but it just didn't make that chance. No, no. This movie is schlock. It's a schlock with, like, a long O stretching like a turd in the wind. I mean, it is, but at the same time, it's not the kind of schlock that it could be. Like, at, Here's the thing. At times it is. Right, right. And then other times it's not. Like, my first impression when the movie ended was... Wow, I kind of feel like I've witnessed a schlock masterpiece. But now, after sitting on it for like, like you know, since the time we've come home from the movie, no. Yeah. It, it's it's a, I, I hasten I hasten to call it a missed opportunity because I don't even know what the opportunity was. Yeah. There are a handful of good scenes that are mostly in the middle, like the the. Uh, like the first whatever this thing I don't know the first third or so is like really boring and then it gets interesting and then it gets paint by the numbers again and it's yeah like it's like this kind of valley where you have like these lulls but the lulls are most of the movie however when you get those peaks they're quite peaky <laughs> Yeah, and that's when the schlock fun comes in, and you wish, like, hey, why can't the whole movie be, like, this much schlocky fun? Yeah. Now, for the now, just to give a really quick rundown, uh, in case you're wondering what we're talking about, Venom is, um, I guess you could call it kind of a spin-off movie. Uh, it's the first time, actually, since uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 that Sony has decided to try once again to, uh, you know, do something with the Spider-Man franchise. That has nothing to... That, isn't in direct collaboration with Marvel Studios because we've had Spider-Man Homecoming and the Spider-Man in that uh, has popped up in a couple of their main movies. This is uh, Tom Hardy plays Eddie Brock. He's a reporter uh, in San Francisco. Um, in one line, in case you were wondering like what his connection to the Spider-Man universe is, uh, in one line, they explain, I was in New York and I was run out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get back to that after I complete the plot. Um, basically, he's in San Francisco. Uh, a meteor, I believe. A fall no, not a meteor. No, that's uh, a, Spider-Man a, a, 3. Uh, I'm, I'm confusing it with the better movie. <laughs> yes, yes. You heard that right, audience. Um, anyway. And I actually kind of Spider-Man 3. But that's a whole other discussion, uh, which we can get into. Um... A, a spaceship is kind of crashing to Earth, which has on it a symbiote. Am I getting that lots right? Lots of symbiotes. L oh, lots of... Do, you, do we say symbiot symbiot symbiotai? <laughs> is it just symbiotes? Symbiotes. 
I guess. They're not symbiotes. Symbiotes! <laughs> uh, Christopher Walken. I have these symbiotes! <laughs> All right. They changed that for the movie. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, and the original trailer, everybody's making fun of Jenny Slate for saying symbiotes. Really? Oh, they, so they cut that out of the they, movie. They, like, 80 yards right. or something. Anyway, um, so a ship crashes to Earth, and it has all these symbiotes, and they uh, some of them get loose, but a, a scientist man, uh, and I'm, oh, his name's Drake. Carlton Drake. Love the Drake and hate the Drake. <laughs> For Seinfeld fans out there. Um, played by Riz Ahmed. He is kind of evil scientist guy of our movie. He's the one who wants to study the symbiotes and try to see how they work. And, you know, without really much development, he's just right away, evil scientist, man. He's doing experiments at first on, uh, is it like, does he do it first on a dog or uh, is it there's like, a rabbit? Oh, it's a rabbit. Yeah. He makes an evil rabbit. And even though we could have had like a fun series of, of, bits involving the symbiote with animals. He immediately just goes to, no, let's go right to humans. Yes. Big um, missed opportunity. Yeah, missed opportunity. And Jenny Slate is the uh, is the other scientist lady who works with uh, under Riz Ahmed. Um, and uh, Eddie Brock enters into it because he's tasked to do like a fluff piece on Riz Ahmed, but that doesn't work out because Eddie Brock is you know, super hard-edged investigative asshole who's going to get the facts, and he goes in and, you know, is told, just do a fluff piece, but instead he has all these hard questions because he broke into his girlfriend's uh, laptop, uh, played by Michelle Williams. She's a lawyer who happens to be working on a case that is with the Drake... It's a weird timing, I guess. Michelle Williams is not actually playing a laptop in this, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> was I making that sound confusing like she was? It was ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, Michelle Williams, though, is so talented an actress, she could probably do that and do a great yes, job. Yes, I would watch Michelle Williams as a laptop <laughs> No, she is a lawyer who has a laptop that okay. Eddie breaks into. Yes. I'm glad I can clarify <laughs> that up. And uh, and her, her her character is Anne, um, Anne Whaling. She, and so another, so after this happens, Eddie Brock's life falls apart. He gets fired. Anne breaks up with him. Cut ahead six months later, and that's where we just, now we're at the point where all these humans are being uh, uh, tested on. Uh, it's funny because it actually reminds me of a, uh, of a screenplay I tried to write years ago called The Hobo Force, which yes. you gave me, like, the suggestion of the title for, right. by the way, and I appreciate that, because yeah, originally I, I just called it Hobos, oh. um, and in that, it involved homeless people who, they were the main characters, though, but, like, they were also experimented on, and in that one, they became mutants, but in this case... The people, the homeless people are kind of picked up by evil Drake man and they're experimented on with the symbiotes, but it doesn't work out because, you know, symbiote needs to have something to meld to. That's the kind of lore, I guess, of the symbiote in this universe. But then Eddie Brock comes because Jenny Slate realizes, oh, what have I done? I've, I've put my chips in with evil scientist man. 
Even though I should have seen this happening a long time ago. I've only been working on the evil science project for the past six months. <laughs> you would think it would hit her at some point. And I know, yeah, like, he he tell, he kind of gives her, like, a veiled threat. You know, you have a family, don't you? Like, one of those kind of moments, so... Maybe she's a little afraid of her family, even though we never see them. We They're just... not important. No, I guess not. But so she reaches out to Eddie Brock again. He stews on it a little bit because at first you have that scene where you're like, I'm not in this anymore. I was Eddie Brock. That, they have that line in the movie, by the way. And I'll get back to Eddie Brock in a minute. Eddie Brock goes into the lab. Uh, big thing happens. Symbiote gets on him. Immediately, he's mega superpowered uh, Venom now, and from there, uh, it becomes a kind of, you know, we gotta go after Eddie Brock. We have to get him. We have to bring him back to the lab. No, we can do whatever we want. And then other symbiotes come around, and that's when the movie becomes a glorious mess. <laughs> <laughs> I think I kind of summed up the plot yeah. okay, more or less, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you did. There's, I mean, there's uh, not a lot of plot going on. In no, the I mean the first, like again, the see going into this movie, I I was telling you about. Uh, this movie that came out also this year called Upgrade. <laughs> and I have to wonder if the producers of Venom, once they started seeing the trailers for Upgrade, started slamming their heads against the wall because of the much better version of this movie <laughs> that came out in theaters. And the thing is, Upgrade isn't even that great. And it's not all like Venom, because like watching this movie in Upgrade, um, which no relation to the... Ah, forget it. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole other upgrade that I'm not going to go into right now. Um, in Upgrade, in that case, the like it's a little bit more like Venom, but mixed with like RoboCop. Because in that, like a guy who's just average mechanic man gets in a car accident, and uh, he's he's shot by some criminal guys, I guess, and then uh, a, a a different kind of scientist guy. Uh, gives him, like, a chip so that he can, you know, basically do anything and, like, beat the crap out of people. But And then the chip becomes sentient and kind of controls him and starts to kind of meld with him and control him and stuff. And, and then the guy who created the chip gets into a whole thing with the main character and, you know, you know I created you and no, you didn't. And things go on like that. So obviously that's a little different than what we got here. But there is a scene in this movie. So there's a scene where uh, Drake's uh, goons, you know, break into Eddie's apartment. And they want to bring him in. And Eddie does that thing where he's like, please don't do this. And then you hear Venom be like, we have to do this now. You know, basically like that. And, you know, goes and beats the living crap out of them. Which, I don't know how you felt. Actually, that was kind of a fun scene. Yeah, that was a good scene. It was a fun scene. Yeah. I, and yet, I'm not sure if I like it more or less because there is a scene quite like it in Upgrade. Like, exactly so. It's funny that you're talking about Upgrade being the better Venom movie because it sounds like the kind of movie you make when you don't have the, re the rights to Venom, so you just kind of change it enough that you can make your own movie. But then watching Venom feels like a movie you make when you can't get the rights to Venom, even though Sony does have the rights to Venom. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I mean, well, Upgrade borrows from a few different things, not just 
I mean, you could also say, again, like I, I mentioned RoboCop because of the whole idea of somebody who's, you know, based, almost near death and they're brought back to life through artificial intelligence. In this case, though, it's an alien being. So that's why it's a little bit different. Uh, where, although in this case, well, I think what, what where the schlock comes in is because they just so don't give a damn about creating like an actually compelling villain. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, everything I mean, about this movie feels so generic. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, I'm describing some of this, and again, this movie stars two actors who I, I really think are like two of the best actors of their generation, Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams, and they've done so much great work and other stuff, but here, I mean, I don't know if I want to say they're slumming it, but they're not they're not given enough to do to justify it. Like, they're having to work hard to make stuff interesting. Yeah. If that makes sense. And um, let me talk And let me talk about Tom Hardy for a second, because uh, it's funny, because originally talking about him in comic book movies, you know, putting aside Bane, because that's a whole... <laughs> That's a whole other conversation, and I can already see in your eyes, Matt, that you like want to explode as soon as I mention Bane and Dark Knight Rises. Um, but originally, it's weird because I feel like I wonder if this is almost a little bit like a consolation prize for Tom Hardy because he was going to be in Suicide Squad, which itself wasn't a big prize ultimately. No. But like, I wonder why he wanted to do this movie, like. What were the three influences uh, like, that you told me? That because in an interview he said that oh, okay. it was Woody Allen, uh, Redman, and Conor McGregor are who he vo he based the Venom voice. on. Yeah, Redman, the rapper, and Conor McGregor, the wrestler, uh, UFC, UFC fighter. fighter. Yeah, it's funny because I could actually see Woody Allen the most <laughs> in his voice. He had that kind of neurotic New Yorker voice to him. Yeah, when he talking as Eddie Brock, I thought he meant when he was speaking as the Venom symbiote that was supposed to be his inspiration. For Woody Allen? Yeah, that's why I, I, get, I get <laughs> What? Oh, do you mean because he's such a sarcastic asshole? I guess. No, I don't I didn't think that at all. What? I don't know what his when he becomes Venom, like and the Venom half, he he talks with him like there were times I found that kind of legitimately funny, and other times where I just, I had my hands in my face, like, you thought this was funny? <laughs> and, I don't know, maybe it's because they're pitching this movie more, maybe, I don't know if they were pitching it originally for an R rating, or they realized how dumb it was, and then made it a PG-13. <laughs> like, they edited it down to be dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the other thing, though, with Tom Hardy, I don't know if you noticed this. Like, it's one thing about his voice and mannerisms. He had a weird walk in the movie. Did you ever notice that? At times, he walked kind of weirdly. And I mean, like, in the early scenes. Like, he's walking with Jenny Slate into the facility, and he walks a little bit like he's bow-legged or something. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure it's there. I just wasn't paying attention. All right. Me. Maybe that was just more of an acting thing. Like... Because like, I, I looked at that, and I was just like, did Tom Hardy show up on the set and tell the director, all right, I have this choice I want to do. And I know he, had, he talks more like, I can't do a Tom Hardy voice. He has a very British voice. But he showed up, and he's like, I have an idea for a walk. I'm going to do this walk. It's like, all right, go ahead. 
Um, it, the, yeah, the thing about this movie, as you said, though, it, a lot of it does feel generic, especially the action, a good lot of the action is like really bad in this. There's a car chase in this that, man, it made me feel really tired of car chases in movies. Which is really sad because we just saw Ant-Man the Wasp, which is also set in San Francisco, has one of the best car chases. Yeah, I was, I, I thought of that too. Like, you know, if you are going to set a car chase in San Francisco, you have, you know, a big legacy to fill. I mean, you're, you're basically setting a car chase that you know, was originally done in, you know, for Bullet, or, you know, uh, or other, there's even the, uh, the Deadpool, not to be confused with Deadpool, the, the Dirty Harry movie, the Deadpool has a great car chase, and then this, it was just, you know, it's like he's on a motorcycle being chased by all these cars, and the, the symbiote is making him kind of fly around, and at one point the motorcycle is up in the air, and he's up, and he's like, ah! And for some reason, the bad guys who've been sent to capture him are sending drones, but instead of just watching him or doing anything to capture him, they're exploding, which would be not a very good way to capture somebody. Well, well here's <laughs> something that just occurred to me. You have all these drones, and I don't know, could the drones fire, like, bullets or anything? I mean, or? I'm sure you could make drones that fire bullets. See, but no, but, like, you, you he, he, this, you know, dr the Drake... Is I'm gonna, I'm just gonna call him the Drake from now on. Uh, <laughs> love the Drake. The you know Drake is sending out his fucking goons. You know, and you're wasting like all these perfectly good henchmen that you have, who for some reason are working for an evil scientist man. I guess because he's a billionaire or something. Um, the you know why don't you save your goons by equipping your drones and trying to go after him? But no, you have to do both. Yeah. Well, it was really because they kept like the drones just kept crashing to the ground, exploding for no reason. I thought like, did they like have like a green goblin? They just edited out a frame. Like these are supposed to be pumpkin bombs, but then they're like, oh wait, we lost the green goblin rights too. So what? Just exploding drones. There we go. Wait, did they? No, I'm just I'm making a joke. <laughs> that basically, it's like what a, a scene with Spider-Man running away from pumpkin bombs would look like, except they don't have uh, a green goblin or a hobgoblin or anything. They yeah. Have generic exploding and, drones that don't serve a purpose. And, and the funny thing is, we're in 2018, and there are times in the movie where the Venom where Venom looks good, but in that car chase, it was just disorienting. Like, there was a certain point where I lost track of, you know, which cars were following him or what was going where, and because of that, it added to the confusion of, like, you have Eddie Brock, like, flying up in the air and then doing all this, this shit, and then at some point he finally, spo I don't know if this is a spoiler, but you know, we're already talking about this one sequence. He gets, you know, finally hit and flies off the car, and I, I thought, like, the one guy who comes out, you know, he's the baldy henchman, I thought he was already gotten an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just call him Baldy. I, I I know he's. It doesn't matter what his name is. He's a Baldy henchman. Yeah, Moving he doesn't along. have any character to him. Um, interesting thing to talk about here. This isn't a spoiler exactly. This is just talking about character stuff. So again, the the movie is um, uh, the the movie cuts ahead. You know those six months, and you know again at the that's when uh, Eddie's gets broken up by uh, uh by Anne. 
And, you know, they cut ahead, and now she has a new boyfriend who just happens to be, like, an expert doctor who... And then, like, he's all cool with, like, you know, looking at him, and he's the only doctor, too, that does this. He doesn't bring in anybody else to look at this person who has an alien being inside of him. He doesn't want to be famous, Jack. He wants to be a normal MRI technician. I guess so. Well, he's a surgeon, right? Well, he's a surgeon. Yeah, he does... was he a surgeon or a technician? I guess, I guess a surgeon can do MRIs. Maybe, I guess. Don't they have people specifically that do MRIs? And that the yeah. surgeons just come in after the fact to cut mm -hmm. into people? Once... Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... um, but, like... And then it, it's just... Uh, and we can get into spoilers in a little bit. Like I, and again, I actually think there are times where I was seeing Tom Hardy really trying and kind of going for it. Like as you said, there was sort of a point in the middle where, for maybe like five or ten minutes, I was legitimately laughing. And I don't know if, if necessarily I was laughing at the movie. Like I think the movie was earning some real laughs. Like there's a scene where he goes into a restaurant. It's the best scene in the movie. Hands yeah, down. yeah. I won't tell you what happens, but there's a particular scene, like not so soon after Eddie Brock's been, you know, been infected, where he goes into a restaurant that where Michelle Williams is, and it's it was actually re he really commits to that. Yeah, that's the problem that they didn't commit to making this a comedy. Like, if they had just been like, just do Venom as a comedy. We can make a funny Venom movie. I think, And it yeah. would be unorthodox, but it would work. Yeah, Whereas, it would. Like, if they... And you wouldn't even need to make it meta. Like, you have an actor who is so game to commit himself and throw himself into doing that stuff. Yeah. And, like, I was really believing Tom Hardy in those scenes... But then there's a point where, and I think it's around where the action starts to really pick up, that you lose that. Yeah, and it's disappointing because they've basically stripped away most of the things character-wise that make Venom interesting. So it kind of is n doesn't really have like the stuff that you want to see in a Venom movie. Yeah. Like, um, now I have a, now I don't have again I haven't read that many of the comics. I watched the. Uh, you know the Venom on Spectacular Spider-Man, and uh, and I li quite liked him there, or Eddie Brock, I should say. And of course, they they ch if you're looking for full fidelity of the comics, you're not. You're please look elsewhere because you know, like in the comics, I know Eddie Brock was aged the same as Peter Parker, pretty much, right? Uh, he's a little older. Maybe a little bit. I mean, in this, you know, Tom Hardy is clearly like. 20 years older than Peter Parker is supposed well, to be. We, there is no Peter Parker in this movie, so we can't tell. That's true. And by the if you're curious also, this isn't a big spoiler, but if you're curious if Peter Parker makes an appearance, save your money, he doesn't. Um, but I'm wondering if... I, I'm wondering if Topher Grace in Spider-Man 3 was actually closer to how Eddie Brock should be. No, not necessarily. Well, I mean, the thing is that they want... They got Topher Grace to be, like, an evil version of Tobey Maguire because that's what they were going with and they didn't have a lot of time. So they're just, like, you know, obviously evil, like, spy character. Yeah. But then, like, you know, a lot of people didn't like that. And so then um, I thought that um, Tom Hardy would be closer to how, like... Uh, Eddie Brock is traditionally... And like, was he? He's a, 
I mean, physically. <laughs> you're you're kind of doing like an eh. But yeah, because then, like, you know, I found out that John Cena could act, and then I was disappointed they didn't get him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, because Eddie Brock's supposed to already be a big guy. Yeah, but that, I think. I know that also a little bit from some of the comics yeah, I've read. But I think more of a problem is the personality, because, like, you know, um, he's supposed to be, like, a really, like, bitter, broken down, embittered, hard case, asshole kind of guy, whereas this, he's just kind of like a schlubby everyman, and it sort of makes him too, like, I don't know, sympathetic or too. Like, I don't know, focus tested. Like, we can't make him too unlikable. Yeah, like, we gotta that's make a him good the, point. The hero of the story. We can't have, like, a, a crazy, murderous vigilante too much. Like Yeah, you know? yeah, that's the thing, is that because they make him the, the hero of the story, like, and they don't even do so much with... Like, if they weren't going to go the comedy route fully, they could have then tried to make maybe a more serious, like, Jekyll or Hyde thing. Yeah, like... Make it more about the duality part of it, which is what Upgrade actually does really well. Yeah, this could really... Without the Spider-Man part, you kind of really have to lean on something good, like make it a horror movie and have, like, a horror movie with Venom as the monster. Yeah. yeah like the Jekyll and Hyde, like you're saying. But, um, it's actually... a. And so, he is named Eddie Brock, but he doesn't act like Eddie Brock. It kind of, it parts that reminded me of the Catwoman movie. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, still, I actually have not seen that. A thing that I was worried about, and I feel like I got a little bit of in this, was the the Daredevil movie uh-huh. from 2003, as far as the quality of some of the action and some of the lines. Because I feel like Turd in the Wind is a little bit like, in that movie they had, do you hear that? That's the sound of a freight train! <laughs> I just remember that. Also, also Bullseye. <laughs> that movie had some bad lines, too. Yeah. Uh... But um, but that's an interesting point, though, you, that you talk about how... Yeah, yeah, it's like with Tom Hardy... And again, he can play whatever you throw at him. But I feel like he might be struggling a little bit here because the character isn't that consistent. Because it's like he starts out and... He's both kind of confident, but as a, like this reporter, and he has his own show. But then it's taken away, and he becomes a little more schlubby. But you know, then he gets the symbiote, and he's more just kind of scared and afraid. He doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really wrestle with being, you know, a bad guy. He's just kind of like, they don't want this, we want this, and that sort of thing. And then by the end of it, by the end of the movie, without saying too much what happens yet, I don't feel like he's changed much at all. Maybe? No, but I mean, I think that's part of the problem is that, like, Venom is, like, scary because he starts off, like, like a vindictive asshole, and then you give him a crazy monster suit that gives him powers, and they work together to become the ultimate crazy psycho asshole, like, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that's a damn good villain. But yeah, that they don't have a Spider-Man for him to to act off of, so that like you know Th- there's they that, form yeah. each other. Yeah, so I think that going back to the question I posed earlier in this episode, the the idea of could this have been good? And of course, any movie can be good if you really put the work into it. But I think they really kind of hobbled themselves by taking away having a Peter Parker Spider-Man element because then you're just left with Eddie Brock. And it becomes a story that has been done in so many movies. Yeah. Where it's just like, I've now become, you know, half of this. And I must deal with the other, this evil. And But it's not an interesting evil because it's an alien. 
Yeah, but it's like, again, they don't have, like, the good complex character relationships and, that are and in the comics. That, no. Because like, the, the Brock loses his job because he does something unethical here, but at the end of the day, he's right that Carlton Drake is a bad guy. Whereas right. in the comics, he loses his job because of something he did that he was off base on, but he doesn't right. take responsibility and, for it. And he plays Spider-Man for it. And then the Venom suit used to be Spider-Man's, but then he cast it away when he freaks out that it's a living thing, so that's a heartbroken symbiote. And then, so it feels wrong by Spider-Man, and then Brock feels wrong by Spider-Man, and they get together and be the ultimate anti-Spider-Man team. Yeah. But, but there's no relationships that are compelling or characterizations to replace that. No, no, they don't really. I mean, they try a little bit with Michelle Williams and the Doctor. They inch up towards it. And then they just, maybe stuff was cut out. Maybe it's part of that. Uh, Tom Hardy in an interview said that they cut out my favorite 40 minutes from the movie. <laughs> so maybe that was part of the 40 minutes was more was actual character stuff. Like, you know, maybe there were scenes where, you know, he actually is an asshole before the symbiote to Dr. Guy. Or I, I don't know. Like, or you know what's... You know what another movie came to mind watching this? The Mask. Mm. With Jim Carrey. Right, right, when he's on the bridge, I was thinking that. Well, yeah. well, not yeah, the bridge, but also just the whole thing of early in that movie, you know, you're kind of seeing Jim Carrey's kind of being mistreated by the world, but also especially like specific people, like yeah. people in his apartment and his neighborhood's really run down. And then once he gets the mask, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to fight, you know, I'm going to get some justice. So it's like... But in this movie, that scene where it, early on in the convenience store, like, again, I feel like even if I hadn't seen that scene in the trailer, if I'd somehow gone into this movie fresh, I know from seeing five movies in my life that that's going to come back around at some point. And that's like in The Mask. But I feel like The Mask did this first, did, did this shit better. Yes, I don't think that was actually necessary to spoiler warning this at all. No, 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 no. But I was going to want to get into other things well, we before that. that. For the but, but, but my point was that I was wondering at some point, are they going to go back to that convenience store? Well, yeah, and they leave probably. it, but they left it for like the last scene of the movie. It was almost <laughs> as if they were telling me, Yes, Jack, you've been good. Thank you for sitting <laughs> through our movie. Here's that scene. <laughs> yeah, but The Mask is a good example because The Mask in the comic books is, like, really hyper-violent and dark, and then they turn it into, like, a funny PG-13 comedy and, like, boulderize down. Yes. But they did it well. Yes, yeah, so well. See, see I... Yeah, because as a kid, I watched The Mask... Um, I, I didn't even know it was based on comics at that point. I, I found that out later. And, but I just enjoyed it as, you know, a fun Jim Carrey, you know, crazy kind of, uh, you know, cartoonish comedy. Um, and then, of course, but then obviously you go back and you can read the comic books and then get a whole different experience. In this case, this movie, again, it, it tries to be so many different things that if I saw this when I was 10, I'd be kind of confused. Because <laughs> in like the first half, I feel like it tries to be a little bit more like a horror movie because like there are scenes in the lab yeah. where we're seeing like the people being like torn apart. And I, I feel like they were trying a little bit there. Like I would say that at, at the least when it comes to body horror, Venom gets it a little bit more right than Fantastic Four 
or Fanforstic, <laughs> which had no reason to be a body horror movie <laughs> at fucking all. <laughs> oh, Josh Trink. Anyway, um, but they drop that, and then the second half is just a standard action movie. And oh, that clown. And so, what I wanted to get in the spoilers is because at some point, uh, Drake. Um, should we maybe now do the spoiler warning? Yeah, spoilers part two. Here's where we really get in the spoilers. So, obviously, if you don't want to be spoiled, stop right here. See? Anyone can pretend to be Spidey and you guys will eat it up. But there's only one genuine article. You mean Peter Parker? Yeah. No, this guy. He's my biggest fan, which is sad, really. We'll show you sad! A sad little mask superhero. Soon to have no mask and no super. Recognize this gene cleanser. After your identity's revealed, we'll pour it down your throat. Then we'll sit back and laugh while all your enemies attack Peter Parker. <laughs> Leaving you powerless to defend yourself or the ones you love. What was with... So they have a whole little subplot with this woman who uh, gets infected and then goes to an airport. And then I thought she was going to go to China? No, she came from Malaysia to Hong Kong to San Francisco to get to him. Oh, yeah, yeah, because the, oh, the plane crashes in Malaysia. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it screwed up my, yeah, that's right. It begins in Malaysia for no reason. <laughs> no reason at all. Just because you want to have, you know, strange Asian lady who gets infected and, you know, with the, she's the first one we see in the movie who does the symbiote stuff. He's the, She's the one that gets infected. Actually, she, before her, the guy, the per, first person... Oh, oh, yeah, 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 right. John Jameson. Wait. Wait, wait, so he's supposed to be a Jameson? Yeah, they said Jameson when they, when the guy... They so is he the son of J. Jonah yes, Jameson? Yes, he killed the son of J. Jonah Jameson before he became Man-Wolf. Wow. So that's kind of like this move. What, what? So he's to this movie what Jimmy Olsen was to Batman v Superman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is Ruben Fleischer saying, he, I hate Man-Wolf. I'm going to fuck McIntyre over. God damn it. <laughs> I don't really, is, so Man-Wolf is a character in Marvel? Yeah. Huh. So there's a Man-Thing and a Man-Wolf. Yeah. And is Man-Wolf cool? Man-Wolf is cool. Okay, cool. Uh, and when does... Yeah, because I've never read any comics with J. Jonah Jameson's son as a werewolf. Well, that's wow. the problem with your education. Yeah. Wow, so, so they... Yeah, that makes no sense why they did that! <laughs> but the funny thing is that, that that actually makes more sense the way to get the symbiotes to Earth than they did in Spider-Man 3. Because, you know, in Spider-Man 2, they have John Jameson there as an astronaut. And you think, like, oh, they're going to introduce the symbiote as something he got on, like, his astronaut missions. And it doesn't connect at all. They just completely dropped John Jameson. Like, he didn't matter. 
Uh, well, to be fair, Spider-Man 3 already had, like, so many characters. Yeah, but if they had set that up in Spider-Man 2, that would have made Spider-Man 3 better because they wouldn't have to introduce all this eh. other Venom stuff in that last movie. They didn't plan ahead. Mm, fair enough. Okay, so anyhow... Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway... Justice for Man-Wolf! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't really... I, I guess that kind of passed me by. Like, I was paying attention to that. Yeah, yeah so, so he's the first one... And he's the one in the truck who wakes up and then infects, like... Uh, the EMT. Yeah. And then the EMT, she goes off, somehow flies... How is she, yeah, I'm wondering how she flew to San Francisco, by the way. I don't know why it took her six months to figure that out, too. Like, what was she doing for the six <laughs> yeah. months before she got the plane? Wait, yeah! Yeah, yeah, what the fuck was that? Like, she could have flown Rover right away. Yeah, Exactly. Was she like, was she like earning like her plane fare by like killing people and stealing from them? I don't know why like she didn't just upgrade to like somebody else who had money for a plane fare. Like since it was yeah, pull like a pull like a Terminator move, like a T one thousand move, and like meld with someone or something. Or if she was going on, like, a crazy killing spree throughout Malaysia, you'd think that would have been, like, a much bigger deal. Like, we should have, like, the movie about her murder spree through Malaysia to get to the airport. Like, yeah, I guess Amer I guess it doesn't have a uh, white male lead, so who cares? <laughs> we sh you know what should be, like, the... Like, the guy who did the, the Raid movies, he okay. should go and do, like, that movie. Um, but anyway, so it takes six months, but she somehow eventually gets to San Francisco Airport. Then she infects a little girl? Yeah. Just randomly, like, she sees this little girl, goes into a bathroom, and follows her there, I think. Yeah. And then the little girl finds her way to Drake's scientist lab and infects him. Yeah. That felt so convoluted. Why, like, you should have just had a scene where, like, symbiote thing somehow gets loose and infects him. Yes, yes, you could have cut out so much unnecessary scenes to focus on, like, the characters that matter. Yeah, because the whole idea, too, is that, you know, it would have also fit, in, like, in terms of drama, because you have this guy whose hubris has grown so big that... He thinks, you know, I'm God. I'm the only one who, you know, I'm, 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 these are mine. Like, that's basically his attitude. You know, he's, you know, these are my, th like, things. I must figure this out. You know, he, you know, he has, like, the fucking mentality of Shredder in the cartoons, Ninja Turtles. Um, uh, but anyway, and he, but then, so he's infected, and I guess, like, in a weird way, this movie does... This is, like, another movie that I've seen this year, which uh, follows a trend that I saw in Jurassic World, uh, Fallen Kingdom. And... Oh, what was the other movie? Oh. It, I, I was reminded of it in another movie, too, that I saw that was a disappointment. It might come to me, but... In that movie, it's like... Well, we've run out of who to have is like the big bad for the end. So let's just have a bigger, badder raptor, you know? And, like, that's what in Jurassic World 2, I, I know you didn't see that. Yeah, but I, I know. But you, you get the gist. Like, they decide, like, oh, in the first Jurassic World, we created the Indoraptor. He's really bad. But, you know, now in the second movie, he's not quite as bad, or she's not quite as bad, or whatever sex is. 
So now we need an even worse Indoraptor. Uh, like, you know, another even more evil mix that can basically serve as our monster to fight. And so that's kind of what they do in this movie. It's like, because Venom, you know, is a character, he can't, the movie isn't smart enough or doesn't trust its audience enough to just have it be a conflict between Eddie and the symbiote. Instead, it's like, okay, let's give him a worse symbiote. Yeah, and the problem with that is that the design of Riot looks like pretty identical to the design of Venom, so you can't tell them to fuck apart when they're fighting at night. Yeah, is that his name, Riot? Yes. Oh, God, Riot. Oh, the names of these characters. Let me ask you just a side thing, because this was something I read today. Was Venom created by a fan? Te technically, no. Technically, oh. it's the Spider-Man symbiote suit that was created by the fan. Just the look of the black suit. Somebody submitted that as a design, and they paid him off. Oh, black okay. Suit cool. Oh, okay. So the look of it, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but, that, so that's kind of like how uh, James Cameron actually created the part of the look of the Predator, <laughs> but okay. even though it's credited to Stan Winston, um, uh -huh. I think he did the... Uh, I don't know if he did the dreads or he did part of the face or something. Um, anyway, the point is, though, all right, so I guess I just thought of that because I was thinking, like, yeah, Ven Venom was created by a fan. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's created by David Michelin and Todd McFarlane, who are the name partners on Anne's firm at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ah, that, uh, that, that old gag. <laughs> but, yeah, so... That makes, yeah, that makes sense that Todd McFarlane created Venom. That, that's a very... Come think of it, like, I feel like that's almost every Todd McFarlane character. <laughs> He's, you've been playing the same song over and over again, McFarlane. Come up with a new song. Um, but yeah, but, but you know what I mean, though? Yeah, and that climax... When finally Venom fights, and I didn't know his name was Riot. I guess I, I don't follow it that closely. Like, it, 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 yeah, you can't tell them apart because yeah, it's shot at night. And goddamn, Matt, you know we could have seen this movie in three D, <laughs> <laughs> where it would have looked even darker. Oh, like that would have been even more of a nightmare. I mean, I guess I could see someone finding the appeal in that if like. You want to see the various parts of Venom like coming at you, but but yeah, they shoot that scene at night. Um, but the ending also reminded me a little bit of the end of Howard the Duck. <laughs> I'm gonna end the world by going off in my ship and like, I guess the idea was I'm gonna go up and like bring more of my kind. Yeah. Yeah, like we again we haven't seen that thing before. And here's, like, the stupid thing. There was a scene where Venom climbs the top of, like, a skyscraper, and a plane goes overhead, and he gets all freaked out because his weakness is sound, and it debilitates him, so he falls off the, the tower. And then they're sort of like, yeah, well, that much, just that much sound can, like, fuck him up. So the climax is set on a rocket ship that's taking off, and the symbiotes are susceptible to a fire and sound. Right. So that was the absolute worst part for either of them to be fighting. Like, no. they should both be, like, totally not be able to do anything in that situation. Well, well, thinking about that, then, the ending is even more ridiculous because it isn't until Michelle Williams is in the control room, uh, which nobody's left in the control room because Riot came in and killed either everybody. killed or everybody ran away. She's the only one left. 
And somehow, how did she know to turn that up? I don't know. There was was she, like, testing, like, the equipment to know which bot was the volume button? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, she magically turns up this volume button, and that's what makes Venom and Riot suddenly fall apart. Uh, but, of course, at the very end, you know, again, Riot is blown up, but then somehow Eddie Brock still has Venom in him. Yep. Because I guess we need a s sequel. Yeah. But now it's like, it's weird because at the very end, that's where they they show the suggestion of what maybe this movie could have been, which is a buddy movie. Yes. You could have had like a buddy movie between, um, you know, your, your those two characters. Um, and it's not like in, you know, Deadpool 2, near the very end, you kind of have a little bit of a buddy thing between Deadpool and Cable. But they and they, but they don't give you quite enough. However, it's fine for that story because you didn't need more than that. In this, that suggested something that could have been better. Although, again, I know how how would you work that? It, yeah, it. This movie is that that second half is such a mess. It's like at first Venom is all like. I control you. We are going to eat things. You are going to listen to me. You are dumb, Eddie. <laughs> oh, some of his insults, by the way, were just like, do I laugh at this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that, it was like really random because then I remember it in like the, the last of the pictures that I... Eddie, I decided I like you and I like Earth and I want to save them both. Yeah, <laughs> what? That that, that yeah, because then he has to suddenly turn around at the end and there's no motivation for it. I'm questioning the motivation <laughs> of a symbiote. <laughs> Whereas in the comics, you don't question because the motivation is spurned lover. We get that. It's a romance that's gone awry. Mm. A bad romance. Yeah. But Eddie Brock with, with who is it? With the, the, the symbiote and Peter Parker. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So in this, yeah, you don't have Peter Parker. So it's just him. But yeah, it's... it's He has to suddenly jump into being... Yeah, sure, I've killed like all these people through the movie. But now I'm the good guy? The movie doesn't earn it. We just watched him like... He kills like a bunch of these like right like these these like uh, SWAT, SWAT team guys, yeah. and you know the SWAT team guys they were just doing their job. They didn't deserve. They weren't like the henchmen who you don't feel bad about. They probably had families and stuff. Yeah, but I mean it just didn't make sense because I don't know. Because is he the like he? We need to. He can't if. If you're going to make him an anti-hero, you need to build that up. Yeah. If you're going to make him a good guy, you need to build that up. If you're going to make him a bad guy, you need to build that up. But this sandwiches him into, like, all three, doesn't but, it? Yeah, it was really weird because, like, there's, like, one line where he says, like, Riot is the squad leader, so he's we have to stop him or something. And then they show up, and then Riot's like, oh, hey, Venom, why don't you get in the rocket ship? And then yeah. they start fighting. But then yeah, yeah, then they have that little moment where they're like, I'm not going to live through this. No, probably not. All right, let's do it anyway. But there's, like, no, like, through line of, like, Venom's like, oh, I hate it right. He was such a dick to me when we were in the symbiote core. <laughs> They're like, like, is, what was the, so in the, just give me this briefly, like, in, um, uh, what, in the comics, like, what is Riot supposed to be? He's a knockoff Venom. <laughs> he's, he's, like, a non-character. He is, he's, <laughs> 
one one of like six like knockoff symbiotes that they made yeah. when they're trying to spin Venom off into his own anti-hero thing. He doesn't have a character. Right. He's not Carlton Drake in the comics. That's a different guy. Yeah. But anyhow, and so. Yeah, so in this, instead, like I said, they go the Jurassic World 2 route, where it's like, well, we can't come up with anything else, so let's have evil raptor fight even more evil raptor. And and the problem with this is, though, that to make it slightly more interesting, Riot can make, like, weapons out of his body, which is, yeah, yeah. Which is Carnage's thing. So if we have Venom being able to defeat Riot at the end of the first movie, there's no sense of escalation when you tease Carnage for the second movie. Yeah, and, like, watching this, like, when Riot was making his weapons, I mean, like, that anyway, just, it, it felt very, like, I wasn't really engaged by that. It was just, all right, this is happening now. There's no reason for it. Whereas with Carnage, at least, yeah, you could probably build his character up but now you've kind of undercut that yeah. um and i know carnage is also a pretty popular character uh with 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 fans um so i don't know what else to say about this movie we've been talking like way longer than probably this movie deserves but the score for the end credits was actually good when you don't have all the talky and explody bits distracting you i was listening to it it actually did feel very pulpy and like suspenseful it was okay I, I heard some of it yeah or maybe i'm just had low expectations that i was well listening. no well, well what it was also was you were listening to music that came after the eminem theme <laughs> for this movie why are you doing a song for this movie eminem i mean it was pretty on brand as far as like 90s yeah that's the thing. thing about it like yeah this feels like a Harken back to the 90s. Like, you know, is Shaq gonna do a song next? Yeah. Like, it is. I'm it, glad that we actually are in an era where superhero movies have their own original songs now, after, you know, Deadpool brought it back, kinda. Now we have. I don't know if Deadpool. I don't know if they were thinking of Deadpool when they did this. It's probably not. But no, um, like, I'm trying to think back when. What other. Not, not counting Batman, like, what other superhero movies had their own, like... Oh, I guess Spider-Man, sort of. Ninja Rap. Ah! <laughs> oh, Eminem, you've, cu you've gone full Vanilla Ice. You never, you, you never go full Vanilla Ice. <laughs> like, I was listening to that rap at the end, and it's just like... If like that was almost like the icing on the shit Sunday, <laughs> like it was like, wow, this isn't even a good rap song. You're just like, it. Uh, I, I don't know. Other thing that I, oh, the weird thing is though that there's like strange like non physics like when Venom eats guys, which happens occasionally in this film. Like well, we don't really see it again. It's PG thirteen. It happens so fast, but it's like he eats them instantaneously, with in defiance of all physics. Like you'd think it would take a while to like chew them and like sort of absorb them through the symbiote somehow. Because like, yeah, they, that's a good question. Like, it's like, like you, it's like a blink and they're they're gone. Like how does it? What was it? Where they go? It's like huh? It's just yeah, good. yeah, it's a good point. I didn't really think about that. Like where the fuck uh, the body parts go? Like. Okay, so the body goes like a turn in the wind, but what about the arms and legs? Yeah, and like when Venom, when the symbiote heals Eddie or anybody gets healed, it happens like super duper quick. 
like which is ridiculous like fast like he yeah. gets impaled and then the venom symbiote is able to unkill him instantly and yeah it's like there doesn't seem to be like there should be some time to actually heal and knit back together i mean that i mean i i would almost i'm not i, I could see that being a problem i would almost compared to a lot of the other problems in yeah, the movie i would no. almost let that go right. like it like i if I watched the movie again, I would probably notice it, but seeing it the first time around, I think that just kind of went by so quickly. Part of that might be an editing problem, too, because when he does bite off people's heads, which he does, like, this is like, a, here, take your kid to see this movie where there are beheadings. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, a lot of that passes by really fast. Um, and... There were also a few times where I was kind of, like, laughing to myself at things that were not meant to be funny. <laughs> I feel like a lot of that end fight was hilarious. Like, that's why I thought, like, uh, th that was one of the scenes where it felt so schlocky. <laughs> like, as far yeah. as a fight that was, you know. And then there's that point, too, where the two guys are out of the suits. Yeah. And they're still beating the crap out of each other. But, like, they aren't really fighters. No. They're just like, one is like billionaire scientist guy and the other one, you know, Eddie Brock hasn't shown that he can do any fighting. He just, I, I know they don't do it. They don't fight for that long. But it's, it's dumb. Yeah, that part was to, like, I get it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're beating the crap out of this guy that, you know, was meant to kill you. But like, come on, man. Yeah, it would have been actually better if when they were separated from their suits, they start fighting each other, and it's, like, really badly awkward, yeah. and, like, just not connecting at all, and you just see how much they suck oh. when they don't have their better halves. Oh, I have to talk about something that just... Oh, so this is a, another little spoilery point. So there's, like, one random bit where the symbiote takes over Michelle Williams yeah. to become, like, sexy Venom? Yeah, that happens in the comics, too. Oh, oh! You just heard it, people. I just facepalmed so hard. Sexy Venom. I mean, Venom is always sexy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, see, that's where it felt like the most like '90s comic book, <laughs> like you know, because again, even just the design of Venom. Again, you're dealing with when comic books decide to like, you know, that's the era of Rob Liefeld and people like that, and. But that's so weird, though, how it takes her over just so, like, she kills the people, like, he, because A. Brock's about to be shot by henchmen guys, uh, especially bald henchmen. She kills them, then goes up and gives him a kiss, and the symbiote leaves her and takes over him again. Yeah. Like, but, like, why would you just take over her for a little while just to have that bit with where she's sexy venom that i all right she might have looked sexy but that was dumb oh give us all the fan service <laughs> <laughs> oh god there, there, there's there's like some there's there's like some 40 year old comic book nerd that's gonna go see this movie and just have like the biggest boner through the whole thing no because it's not a good comic <laughs> movie first of all they killed man wolf and then second of all, they have that scene where they put the symbiote on the bunny, and you could see it's a yellow and red symbiote. And I was like, oh, that screams symbiote, and it never comes back again. Wait, is there, 
What, what do you mean Scream There's symbiote? There's a character called Scream who has a red and yellow symbiote. And I was like, oh, cool, they're going to have Scream in here too. And nope, nobody ever becomes mm. Scream. See, that's a case of fan service where they were just kicking you in the balls. Yes. <laughs> and, but, but Scream is not a bunny. No, she's another uh, female symbiote. Oh. See, now I just want, like... Now, this is a tangent. Now I just want a Benicula movie. <laughs> do you remember those <laughs> books do, when yeah. we were kids? Yeah. Those were kind of fun. Like, bu like evil bunny movies. Um, so my final thoughts. Uh, if you're, if you want to go see this movie, don't, don't go to see it in the theater. Like, you, you should wait to, I would almost suggest to watch it at home, maybe. But at the same time, you can wait. Like, you can wait until this is on, like, FX or something. <laughs> you don't even need to get it on Blu-ray. Unless if I'm... Maybe the Blu-ray will put all the deleted scenes. Um, you want to go on YouTube and find that restaurant scene. Yeah, well, the restaurant scene, but also... Um, like, there were a number of scenes after he turned. Like, when he gets back to the apartment and yeah. is just, like, eating lots of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like, there was this hint of it, like... You know, you before he becomes fully Venom, like, he's, like, a full, almost like this ravenous monster or something. Which is, you know, Tom Hardy is really game for that. You know, he's not game so much to just be like, I'm really scared, I'm Eddie Brock, I don't know what to do. You know, and that's, in that mold, Tom Hardy isn't on game on this He's more into it when he's acting crazy. Tom Hardy eating trash. <laughs> yeah, you see Tom. That was when I heard you laugh really yes. hard. I wanted a whole movie of Tom Hardy eating trash. <laughs> oh come on, forgive him for Dark Knight Rises. Never. Anyhow. <laughs> Anyhow, any final thoughts, Matt? Um, I guess if you were expecting like a trajectory of like you know how. Deadpool was in X-Men Origins Wolverine, and everyone hated it, and then they redeemed him in the Deadpool movie. Well, if, if you didn't like him in Spider-Man 3, and you're hoping you get a good Venom movie out of the solo film, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, see, I... Uh, see, I'm not as down as everyone on, you know, Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I kind of like it, but I, I'm just saying that, like, this is not, like, the Venom, like... This movie does not really get Venom in the way. No, and that's it. and that's the funny thing is that people who criticize Spider-Man three, and I would actually I would put this as well because I know Sam Raimi didn't want Venom in the movie. Right. You know, if you said that you didn't, if Spider-Man three didn't get Venom, I still feel like Venom didn't fully get Venom in Which a way. Which is a bigger problem. And, he's and the also, title character. And I'm saying that as someone who's not even like well versed in the character. I'm just saying that as somebody who sees movies and you know usually tries to look at character arcs and things of that nature and you know this does he even have an arc no by the by the end of it by the one last thing by the end of it doesn't he have like that he has a scene with michelle williams where he's like oh yeah and i'm getting my uh i'm getting a new show yeah well how did that happen uh you know he broke his boss's window and gave him a phone so you know they had to give him a show back because he was right all along, despite being an unethical asshole reporter. Yeah, and Ugh. oh god, and we're probably man. If this movie makes money, we're gonna get like. I wonder if Tom Hardy would return to this franchise, or 
you know, it's like you put Woody Harrelson at the end of this to be Carnage, and he's wearing like a wig from Party City. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered at first, like, who is he supposed to be? Like, why the fuck do I am I supposed to care about this? And then he has to say, then he has says in dialogue, "It will be total carnage," and then has like this look to the camera, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just like that was the worst fan service I'd seen since like um I feel like one of the recent X-Men movies had something like that in the post credits. Do you know what I'm talking uh, about? I'm sure it happened. Uh, it had maybe with that like maybe it was an apocalypse or something, but uh anyway, uh, uh yeah, so don't I, I didn't like this movie. I had fun with a lot of parts of it, but there were some parts where like, I just, it's a, such a mess. Yeah. It's a total mess. Yeah, the thing, the funny, you're getting back to earlier, I said that, you know, I have my Venom review all written up, I just have to see the pesky film now, is that basically, I saw the trailers, and I said, oh, I don't think I'm going to like this movie, but then I said, well, I should actually go see the movie to find out whether I really like it for sure, and then, then they could be bad trailers. And I saw the movie and I said, nope, those are pretty accurate trailers. <laughs> so, yeah, I experienced Venom for you. Yeah, with the exception of some of things with Riz Ahmed, if you saw the trailer, you saw the movie. That includes We Turds. Um, if you have seen the movie mm. and have some thoughts, though, you can always shoot them over to wagesofcinema at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Twitter. We always love reading your comments and getting your comments. Um, and uh, actually, uh, we, we I finally got a response from a question that we asked originally in our Ant-Man and Wasp review about uh, well, the, the names for... Uh, Cassie the, Lang. The, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Gabe Rodriguez, who originally asked the question, finally responded to us. Uh, so thank you, uh, Gabe. Um, and uh, he, he left a comment basically saying he actually didn't really like either of those names. Okay. <laughs> and he offered up another suggestion. I can't find the comment right now. Um, and where can you be found, Matt? I at, we can be found at mattthecatania.wordpress.com. Okay. Yes, and you can also follow him on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter because there are always some really uh, fun uh, bits as uh, you watch uh, weekly TV shows and have comments that I am usually pretty lost in but seem interested. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. You should also follow Jack on his Twitter and stuff. Oh, thank you, Matt. Yeah, I have my own Twitter but that's a little more personal put you, you got a, a whip uh, you got the widget cinema twitter as well yes i mentioned yes. that facebook and twitter for widget right. cinema okay. uh when we come back uh, hopefully we'll have a better movie for you uh later this year oh that's the one last thing the second post credit scene uh was i almost feel like i want to say like with this movie oh hey i got a fun spider-man short after an hour and 45 minutes of venom <laughs> uh there's a little animated short that's supposed to lead up to the next, uh, the first animated Spider-Man movie that will be in uh, theaters in December. So we'll see that. Uh, but until next time, we are Jack. We are disappointed in Venom. Yes, and the way we the wages of cinema is, you you know what it is. Insert turd. Insert wind. Good night, everyone. <laughs>
We cannot just hurt people. Look into my eyes, Eddie. The way I see it. We can do whatever we want.